Good morning. Welcome to worship at Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, if you are a first-time visitor with us, we'd like to say a special welcome to you. We're glad you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew. If you'll just take one and fill it out, you'll drop it in the offering plate as that comes by. Uh, several announcements to share this morning. Uh, first, we would like to say congratulations Congratulations to John and Chelsea Cagle on the birth of their little girl, Lacey Joyce Cagle, born yesterday. Uh, proud grandparents are Reed and Martha Cagle and Greg and Patricia Cotton. So congratulations to them and their family. Uh, today is the deadline for several collections that have been going on. Um, money for a memorial poinsettia is due today, as well as any cake mixes you would like to donate to go to Kentucky for the Crossroads Church Community Meal for Thanksgiving. Uh, the shoeboxes that you see placed on the altar today are the Operation Shoebox gifts donated for children who might not otherwise receive a gift this December. Each gift will be delivered by the Samaritan's Purse Organization, along with a copy of the gospel story translated in the native language of the child. Thank you to those who made these gifts possible. Also, um, SAM Ministry is sponsoring two bus trips coming up very soon, uh, and so we want to make you aware of that. Sign-up sheets are in the atrium if you would like to participate in these outings. Uh, the first is going to be this Wednesday, um, going to the Fruitcake Factory in Bear Creek, um, followed by lunch. Uh, load the church bus to leave by 10 o'clock and back to Deep River by 1.45. Uh, and that is this Wednesday. Um, and then also coming up, the Raleigh uh, Farmer's Market on Saturday, December the 7th. Uh, load the bus to leave church by 9 a.m. And you will eat brunch at the Farmer's Market and walk through the exhibits and shops. And then back to Deep River in the early afternoon hours. Parents of children and youth in the Angel Choir, Instruments of Christ, and FSYC, uh, please make plans to attend uh, the last choir rehearsal on Wednesday, December the 4th, before the Christmas program on the 8th. Uh, there is also going to be a pizza party starting at 6 o'clock uh, for those choir participants and their families. So please just make note of that um, so that you can come and, and continue to practice for your program coming up. Uh, this year, our Hanging of the Greens will take place during our worship service in morning worship on Sunday, December the 1st. Uh, Sunday school will end at 1030 that day, and we will begin worship at 1045. Um, so please just make note of that change and that that will be happening. Uh, tonight, our youth will be going to Yarborough's for dinner and then to Campbell University for their student chapel um, to hear some gentlemen share uh, their testimonies and so uh, I just ask that everyone meet in the parking lot over here at four o'clock ready to go and have your lunch not your lunch excuse me have your money ready for dinner um, but we will see you at four o'clock ready to go also prayer requests to share this morning as well um, Vic Pope will be having knee replacement this coming Thursday um, so we want to be praying for Vic um, as he goes in for surgery. Would you go to God in prayer with me now? 
Gracious and loving God, we are so thankful to be in your house of worship this morning. God, I pray that now you would just calm our spirits and quiet our minds and our hearts so that we can focus on worshiping you. God, we just want to give you all the the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.505, Happy the Home When God Is There. Let's stand. Let's pray. Our most gracious, loving, merciful Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this day of worship. And now, Father, I ask that you be with Gary and Taylor as they bring our message today. And Lord, be with us as we receive that message, the one that you will have us hear. And now, Lord, I ask that you bless these offerings and tithes. Multiply them. And Lord, 
guide us as we use them to do your work and fulfill your will on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing and let's sing, Would You Bless Our Homes? Different words to a familiar tune. Yeah. 
Okay, I have a question for you. I always have a question for you, right? Okay, what do you do when you first wake up in the morning? Okay, I got several different answers. So go back to sleep. Eat when you first get up. You, you watch TV. You get dressed and ready for school. Okay. Um, do any of you brush your teeth? You keep forgetting. Okay, well, let's remember that. That is important. Um, so after you get ready for school and you're at school, what do you do when you're at school? Play on the playground. You work. What else do you do? Apparently, you do nothing at school. You eat lunch. Yeah. Okay. You listen to your teacher. Right? Well, you should listen to your teacher. That's very important. And then when you get home from school, what do you do? Do your homework. Okay. Play outside, maybe. Play inside with Legos. Okay. And then do you eat dinner? Yeah. Sometimes you eat dinner in the middle of the night. Okay. Um, and then um, it's, it's after dinner, you might have a few minutes where you can um, play or maybe take a bath, that kind of thing. And then um, you've got to go back to bed, right? Like you go to sleep. Do you do anything before you go to sleep? You read books? Okay. You watch TV again? Okay. Um, and then anything else you do before you go to bed? You pray. Okay. All right. So we just went through a whole day, and you guys told me about some of the things that y'all do, which are all good things, but some things that we have to incorporate every single day into our routine. And I'm not just talking to you guys. That's us, too, us adults, too. You have to remember to put some God in there, right? To put some reading of the Bible Maybe when you said you read some books before you go to sleep, do you guys read the Bible ever? Uh, I don't have the Bible. Okay, well, we can work on that. But we could read the Bible. We could do that in the morning before we maybe watch TV or while we're eating breakfast. What else can we do to, to have some God incorporated into our day, to spend some time with God? What could we do? We could pray before we go to bed. Yeah, we could read the Bible. We could listen for God. Yeah. Pray when we're about to eat. Absolutely. There are so many different ways that we can incorporate spending time with God and listening for God and talking to God um, when we're going about our days. And that is just as important as those routines that we have where we're brushing our teeth when we wake up or we're remembering to eat dinner. You don't forget to eat dinner, right? Usually you don't. So we've got to remember that part of our day and our routine needs to include this and talking with God and thinking about God. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11, it says this, Search for the Lord and His strength. Continually seek Him. We should always be looking for God, and we should always be wanting to spend time with God and talk to God. That is something that, that we really, really, really have got to work on every single day because it's so important, and we can't forget about it, okay? 
Can we work on that this week when we're going about our days? Can we remember maybe when you first wake up, you can remember to thank God for waking you up and giving you a new day? Yeah? Can we work on that maybe? All right. Let's say a prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these children. God, I thank you for the blessing that it is that we get to to be influencers in their lives, God, and that we get to, to raise them and to teach them. God, I pray that we would remember every single day to include you in our day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. for being a praying church um, you don't know what your prayers have meant to me and my family as we have faced some very difficult days over the last two years um, so I just want to thank you for that and then I want to ask for your prayers this upcoming week um, I'm going along with four of our members to Kentucky um, again to share God's love as we share a Thanksgiving meal with those who don't have the opportunity. So if you'll lift us for uh, travel mercies on Thursday and if you'll uh, remember us all throughout the day on Saturday as we encounter we're expecting as much as 1800 people. Um, so just be in prayer for us and what that might look like and then safe travels I thank you. God, I give you what I can today. These scattered ashes that are hid away, I lay it all at your feet. From the corners of my deepest shame, the empty places where I've worn your name. Show me the love I say I believe. Oh, help me to lay it down. Oh, Lord, I lay it down. Oh, let this be crimson flowing from the cross pour over me pour over me yes oh let this be where I die 
once and for all. Once and for all. Oh Lord, I lay it down. Oh Lord, I lay it down. Help me to lay it down. Oh Lord, I lay it down. Oh, let this be where I die, my Lord, with thee crucified. Be lifted high as my kingdoms fall once and for all, once and for all, once and for all, once and for all. From the prophet Zechariah, the 14th chapter. There will be one day, a day known to the Lord, with no difference between day and night. It will be light even in the evening. On that day, living water will flow out of Jerusalem, half of it to the Dead Sea and the other half to the Mediterranean Sea. It will continue in summer and winter. The Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, the Lord will be the only Lord, and his name, the only name. Good morning. Lord, there is coming a day. And we are excited about that day. Help us to lay it down at your feet. Lord, we have sung hymns of home today of homes that are centered around prayer and around you. We have sung them to you as testimony of our praise. For every time we sing a hymn, we don't sing it for human ears. We sing it for your ears, O oh God. And we sing unto you as the psalmist did so long ago. We lift our praise to you. And Lord, we find that often music is a mirror. That when we sing praises to you, we see ourselves in a different light and sometimes in a true light that we don't often like to see. 
and you convict us. But Lord, you don't do it to be mean to us. You do it so we'll be better. You show us where there's need in our heart and in our life, in our family, in our church. Where we might give it to you and lay it down. Because we know there's a day coming. Heavenly Father, would you continue to use all that we are doing and have done. That we would examine our day and see how, if we're not careful, we pack it with so many things that we have no room left in a day for you. And may we leave this building resolved and committed that every day forward we'll make room for you. Hear the confessions of your people. Receive our praise and our adoration and our love for you as we worship you in spirit and in truth, in the high and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Thank you, choir. Thank, thank you, Luann. It's been good, hasn't it? If you know what's going to happen next Sunday night at 6.30, raise your hand. All of you who didn't raise your hand, you're in for a treat. You're going to be here next Sunday night at 6.30. At 6, thank you. 6 o'clock. Don't come at 6.30. You'll miss half of it, okay. At 6 o'clock, thank you for that correction. There are three things that are going to be taking place. Well, five things. Two of them are individuals who have given their life and their talent to serving the Lord at this church by playing that piano and that organ and probably other pianos and other organs at different times. And the hymns. Did you notice that you sang different words to a hymn that you knew the tune to today? Because... The familiarity with the hymns speak volumes to our spirit. And next Sunday evening at 6, for several moments, we're going to gather in this place on the Sunday before Thanksgiving for our Thanksgiving service. And we're going to allow God to bless us through those two instruments and the talents of those two ladies. You want to be here. 
I would love for this church to be packed out. We've had it out there on the board. Invite your neighbors to come. I believe you'll encounter God in a very special way this Sunday evening. Make sure you're here. Our text today is found in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. If you would turn there, we're going to read verses 1 through 7, and then we're going to drop down and read verses 15 through 16. And today our, our title is Family Ties, and I'm going to take the analogy that Paul uses of the body, and I'm going to apply it to the family. If you're able, let me invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's holy word. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Did you hear that? Let's read that again. Paul, a prisoner of the Lord, here's what he says. I urge you, I implore you, I challenge you, I encourage you, I desire of you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. We just sang that in one of those hymns. I, I was so amazed at those words. Verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's hear that again. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And now we drop down to verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into the Christ, from whom the whole body, and I might use the word family, joined and held together by every joint which is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. My goodness, the Apostle Paul and the leadership of the Holy Spirit just spoke such powerful truth. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his most holy word. Pray with me. God, give us a word for just a moment right now. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I've got good news today. This little finger of mine, it's not hurting at all. It doesn't hurt one eye. This finger's, now there was a time this finger gave me a fit. I, I you know, I give you the advice, keep your finger out of a moving hedge trimmer. That's good advice. You trust me on that. But it doesn't hurt today. This one doesn't. This one doesn't. This wrist, 
It feels good. Elbow, doing great today. But my left knee, bless his heart, okay? <laughs> and, and you know, I don't spend near as much time celebrating that my finger feels good as I do wondering why my knee feels bad. Do you know how that is? As we begin to think of family, where are we concentrating? What is it that holds us together, you and I as church family, and what is it that holds your family together? Yesterday we celebrated my youngest daughter, and how she's 31, I don't know. But we celebrated her birthday yesterday. And I am so tickled that Miss Lacey Joyce made her arrival on my daughter's birthday. And I don't know why I'm glad about that, but I just am. And we went, and I'm going to tell you, we had a rather lousy experience with the restaurant we chose in Greensboro. You can just read my reviews later on. I won't go in any more than that. But you know what? It was good to be with the family. It was good that, that I had two other daughters that made the effort to leave their day and travel to Greensboro to celebrate with their sister. And as mom and dad, we were glad to do that with our daughter that we love so dearly. That's what family does, isn't it? Isn't that how family operates? And church family, you're here today. I always say, Lord, I hope somebody shows up every Sunday. And y'all always just make me feel so good when you're here. Thank you. What a blessing. Because that's what we do as church family, isn't it? We show up. We show up when there's a need. We show up when there's a problem. We show up when there's a, a celebration, when there's joy. We show up, and there's something special about being a part of a church family. How many of you said, I don't know how people make it without the church? I don't know how they get by without a church family, and I don't either. And Paul, who's referring to the body and Christ as its head, then today I want us to look at these characteristics and look at our family because we're called by God to look for God and unto God that he might be that family connector. He, he is our Godfather. He is the one that holds us together. And he gives us three truths that I, don't, I won't labor, I just want to hit them. The first one is to walk worthily. Walk worthily. You remember we, we read it twice. Did, did you catch it? Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Dad, mom, husband, wife, son, daughter, brother, sister, whoever it might be in your family relationship and church members. Are we walking worthily of our calling for God? Respect, respect, to walk worthily. I've concluded two things that I think are major problems in our culture. Number one is I'm afraid that we as church, we've lost holy. 
We don't know what it is to come into the presence of a holy God. Guys, I don't want you to wear a hat in this sanctuary. I don't want you to cover your head because the Bible says you shouldn't. I want you to walk into this place and know that there's no place like this place in Deep River. I want you to know that. And especially when we are gathered in this place. But this is a holy place. We've lost holy. We've replaced holy with casual. We like casual. I think there's something to be said for holy, and I think there's a problem there. You know I believe that. I've said it to you a hundred times, literally. Not figuratively, literally, I've told you a hundred times. It's important to recapture holy. Have we lost it? And then here's the second thing. Our culture has lost respect. Our culture has lost civility. Our culture has lost what it means to deal with people with dignity and honor and respect. We see it everywhere. And so the call to walk worthily is a call to walk respectfully. And then he gives us this wonderful list in our text where he says to walk humbly and not to think more of ourselves than we should. There's an underlying message in our culture that says you're the most important thing. And you know why the culture wants us to think we're the most important thing? Because they want to sell us stuff. Think how you entertain yourself. How many commercials do you hear a day? Now, some of you are saying, Preacher, I got a DVR. I don't listen to commercials anymore. And praise God for you if you got one of those. Because the commercials that drive so much in our world give us a false impression of ourselves in order that we'll think we deserve it and we ought to have it. And, and, and we are just the best and, and we ought to have everything we ever wanted. And they'll give us credit to get it. Don't think too highly of yourself. Oh, it's hard not to do. We want to have good self-esteem, but we don't want to be self-righteous. He says, walk humbly. What does that mean in your life? What does it mean, dad, mom, husband, wife, son or daughter, brother or sister? What does it mean to walk humbly in your home? What does it mean? Children, the Bible says honor your mom and dad. Respect them. Parents, don't try to be your child's best bud. Be their mom, be their dad. Be the parent for them. But respect them. Then it says to walk gently. I remember a television program years and years ago called Hill Street Blues, y'all. Anybody in the last born 50 years or earlier probably don't even know what that program is, but that's okay. There was one part of that program I always enjoyed because every morning the, the, the show would start with roll call at New York City Police Department, and there was this great big old guy that was the, I guess, the charge officer, and he would give all the, he'd kind of set the show up so you'd know what was going to be happening this week, where they're going to be doing what they're going to be doing. And then they'd all get ready to go out. They'd get ready to leave. And then he would always, in a unique way, and that was one of the most masterful things in acting, I thought, he would always get their attention, someone, and he'd say, hey, 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 hey. Y'all be careful out there. 
Y'all be careful out there. Y'all be careful out there. You see, I, I want us to understand that dealing with one another gently means to be careful in how we deal with one another. It's to be careful how we love one another. To be careful at church and to be careful in our home. It's so important. That's what ties us together when we're walking worthily. We're walking respectfully. We're walking, we're walking humbly. We're walking gently. We're walking carefully. And then he says to be patient, treating others as we'd like to be treated. That golden rule. And then he ends it with in love. Not, not emotion or not feelings, but a commitment that says, this is a safe place. Church, you know how we could make a tremendous impact on our culture? Let's be different than our culture. Let's let our home look different than the culture's home. Let's let our marriage look different than the culture's marriage. Let's let, our, let's let our relationship with our children look different than the world's relationship. Do it in love. I love, the, there are two, I think there are two songs, in my opinion, that give the greatest metaphor of what we need to understand. The first one is in the, the last verse of Amazing Grace. You remember those words? And it, it just, it's one of the most beautiful metaphors of eternity. You remember the words? When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've what? No less days to sing God's praise. Than when... Think about that for a moment. And then I love what our choir just sang today. If the ocean was an inkwell, three quarters of this earth is ocean. That's the only thing I remember from geology, but I remember that, okay? And every reed, every, every stalk, every, every piece of wheat was a, was a pen. And every man by trade was a scribe. And we wrote as much as we could from one side, from east to west. We could not describe the love of God. That's a That love, when it permeates our home, when Paul says we are to walk bearing with one another in love, that's a love that won't quit. That's a love that won't give up. That's a love that won't look elsewhere. That's a love that won't start over. That's a love that changes everything. When God's love changes our love, we're where we need to be. Walk worthily and then wanting unity. He tells us that unity is so important. I've seen that bumper sticker. Have you seen it? A family that prays together, stays together. A oneness in family. I love those flags that you, you, you see a house divided. You know the flag? A house divided. It's probably got a, a tar hill on the top half. 
and a wolf pack on the bottom or a Duke Blue Devil and half the signs. And so we jokingly say, a house divided. But what we know in reality, way beyond sports games, is that devil wants to divide our house. Jesus tells us in Matthew 12 that division is deadly. They're accusing Jesus when, there's, when they're coming to the Pharisees and they're saying, Jesus is casting out demons. And the Pharisee says, yeah, and he's doing it in the name of the devil, Beelzebub. And that's when Jesus gives his, gives his famous statement. He says in Matthew 12, 25, knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. Unity is where there's power. A family that prays together stays together. Oh, maybe here in Satan saying, oh, it's too late. You don't need to start family devotions now. It's not too late. Start them today. Maybe say, well, we've never done it. We, we, we've heard about it. We've thought about it. We've tried it a few times. It just doesn't seem to grab traction. Try it again. Don't stop. Why? Because he wants unity. He knows that when we want unity, that family tie will hold us together. And he knows that that's a spiritual journey for you and I. You see, a house divided against itself will not stand. But where there's unity, there's power. If we back up just a few chapters in Matthew chapter 18, and go a few chapters further in chapter 18, 20, where Jesus is giving his great teaching on conflict, on what happens when you've got a brother and you are broken. He's got The, the Bible tells us how we're to deal with brokenness. You know that, right? Matthew chapter 18. He says, first you go to that brother. And if that doesn't work, you go with a witness. And if that doesn't work, you take it to the church. And you don't do that in order to embarrass it. And it's not for court. It's all about restoring the brokenness. Why? Because when we are united in that love that reaches from the west to the east, then we can be restored, you and I, when there's brokenness. But I love what he says, and it's a passage you've heard that little chunk of it quoted over and over again. But I want you to hear, as I lay it over, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And then Jesus says these words in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And brothers and sisters, when Jesus Christ is the center of our home, the devil can't win. When Jesus Christ is the center of our relationship with each other in this church, the devil has no power. But a house divided against itself cannot stand. You see, he says you need to want unity. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's a family tie when we're working toward that unity. We're loving one another. That may mean I need to come to you. And this is the hard part. And I don't think, quite frankly, we as a church do it well enough. How can I go to you when you're out of bounds and say, Brother, sister, I love you dearly, but you're out of bounds. 
but we need to do that. Not judgmentally, because there's, there's boards hanging out of all our eyes. I know that. But we need to maintain the unity. We need to encourage one another. This needs to be a safe place of love, but a place where we can bring back a wayward brother or sister, a wandering brother or sister. Because why? We need to be united. I want to tell you, if you really want to change Deep River, if every member of this church were to show up in this place every time we open the doors for all of us to be here, we would change this community. We would change it, I promise you. God is a God that ye will keep his word. And there's power when we're together. Finally this morning, I like the last part he says when we drop down into uh, 15 and 16, when he talks about us working together. For whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is equipped which each part is working properly. Working together. You know, you may be more like my finger today. You may be fine. You may be like my wrist today. You may be wonderful. But somebody here is like my left knee. <laughs> it's not good. There's quiet pain. There's discomfort. Every now and then it grabs hard. It's there. It's there all the time. And he says, when we are working together, when you hurt, I hurt. When it's bad for you, it's bad for me. When it's good for you, it's good for me. But when we're working together, when we're, we're walking worthily and we're wanting unity and we're working together properly. Because here's what I want to end with today. The greatest lie I believe that messes with us is Satan messes with believers. I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about Christians who really want to serve the Lord. Who really want. If I were to ask us right now, and I know everybody's looking and everybody raise your hand because you don't want to be a skunk. I understand that. But, but if I were to ask you honestly, do you really want to serve the Lord to the very best of your ability? Probably every one of us would raise our hand and say, yes, I really, I really, I really do. I'd like for my home to be a godly home. I'd like for mom and dad to know I love them and respect them and I care for them dearly. And I'd like for our children, we'd like for our children to know that we are so blessed by them. How does Satan mess that up? Because brothers and sisters, I got a holiday coming tomorrow. Tomorrow is November the 18th. Now I messed up 6 and 6.30. It is the 18th, amen? Nobody knows. That's okay. That's fine. It is. Tomorrow marks the 40th year I've been an ordained. Baptist minister. I've seen for 40 years as a pastor how Satan can mess up a home. I've picked up the pieces 
from everything that can break a home. I've seen what drugs can do. I've seen what sex can do. I've seen what thievery can do. I've seen what abuse can do. I've seen what anger can do. I've seen it, I guess. I've seen it all. I've done funerals for murder suicides. I've seen some stuff in 40 years. And so I stand here on the authority of God's word and 40 years of doing this and tell you, the way Satan messes up the home is through priorities. It's through priorities. It's through priorities. Somebody says we, that there's a paradox in this world. We spend all our health trying to get wealth, and it makes us sick, and then we spend all our wealth trying to get our health back. It's a vicious cycle. Satan knows it. And he dangles the carrot before us. That image of the mule trying to take one more step to bite the carrot that's tied to, to his head and it's never going to get any closer. But we always chase the ring. He wants us to work hard and Satan knows we want to work hard. And so what he does is he simply says to us, work hard. Work hard. And he gives us those ideas that if we work hard, there'll be a time. There'll be a time. You know, and I know some of you have got young folks at your house right now. That's a blessing. And I remember when I had young folks at my house and they said, you know, it'll go by just like that. It'll be over before you know it. My youngest daughter, 31 yesterday. And it seems like 10 years ago she was two. <laughs> it goes by fast. And Satan says, oh, don't worry about it. It's not. Don't listen to that preacher. You still need to get these priorities. You can make those. You, you can make your son or daughter, your husband or wife, your family, your church. You can make it a priority one of these days. Just not today. Just not today. Not today. Not today. <laughs> Jesus said the devil's a liar. He's the father of all lies. When you go home today, I want to give you an assignment. I'll take a page from Lewis Kelly's book. I want you to get a sheet of paper. And I want you to sit down as a family. It shouldn't take you 10 minutes. Could you give 10 minutes to God sometime today? I really want you to do this. If you've got family at home, I want you to do this. And I want you to write down where your time and your energy go in a given day. I know school and work will take eight to ten hours of every day. There's got to be a few hours spent in preparation for life, getting ready, getting dressed, getting bathed, getting food, chores. There's time commuting back and forth. Then we factor in our hobby. Times of watching TV and movies, playing games, hunting, 
decoupage, whatever your hobby might be, you fill it in there. Remember, you got to sleep. And then I want to ask us, and I'm right, I'm putting, I'm not saying I'm not asking you, I'm asking us, me included. How much time is spent with your family spiritually? Dads, you and I are called to be the leaders of our home. Are we leading? Are we leading? I want you to start some spiritual time. I want to give you some examples of how to do it. Talk about what happens at church on Sundays and on Wednesdays. Talk about the music. Talk about the hymns. Take your bulletin. Maybe while you're sitting here, and if a hymn really strikes you, if there's a phrase in almost every Sunday, there are many phrases that just grab my heart. And, and I've sung these hymns for 63 years. I've been singing these hymns. And yet still they seem to grab me every Sunday with newness as I look through the eyes of the Spirit to hear what God's going to say to me on Sunday. And write them down and talk about it. Ask your children, what was the, what was the most important thing that happened Sunday in Sunday school? What was the most important thing that happened in worship? What was, what was your most significant event that took place on Wednesday night when you were wherever you were doing whatever you were doing. Incorporate that in your conversation. Make sure you're having that time. Make sure you, you, you just, and listen to what I want you to do. Read one Bible verse, one Bible verse. If you're not doing anything, read one Bible verse before you eat. I pray you still have a family meal. I heard something in the kids there about eating in the middle of the night. I know schedules are crazy. But I want to encourage you, if you don't, to have a family meal. If you've got children especially. I want you to sit down and have a Bible verse. Ask if there's anything we need to pray about. And if you don't feel comfortable praying out loud, hold hands around your table, close your eyes, and pray. And all you've got to do is say, Our Father, and then let them pray silently. And after a few moments, you say, Amen. You can do that. Oh, friends, if we begin to make it a priority, pray before you leave in the mornings. And if they leave at different times, pray twice or three times. Pray before you go to bed at night. Pray as a family. Because working together spiritually, spiritually. You know, it's wonderful to make sure your kids can catch a ball or kick a ball. It's wonderful that they can do ballet. It's wonderful that they can do whatever they do. But brothers and sisters, here's the lie that Satan gives us. He says, let the church do the spiritual stuff. Don't worry about it. That is a lie from hell. The home is the place where it's got to be put in those children. It's your responsibility. God has entrusted them to you. If you dedicated a child here, do you remember when you stood at this holy spot, the holiest spot in Deep River, this altar, you stood here or you stood somewhere like this and you said, I promise to be an example. I promise to raise my children up that when they get old, they'll be able to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. That is a properly working family. That is your privilege and your responsibility.
and we will help you. I promise you call us day or night and we are there with you and for you. But we can't be there day and night with you all the time. And spirituality must be done all the time. Family ties. It's working together, desiring unity, and walking worthily of the call with which we've been called. Today, maybe in your family, there's a sore knee, or maybe it's you. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. In just a moment, we're going to open this altar up. We're going to invite, we're going to encourage, we're going to challenge. I believe God Almighty is inviting us to come. To say, oh, you won't, you won't, you can't imagine <laughs> what I can do in your home when you put me there all the time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Right now, before we sing, open our eyes. <laughs> That's been our prayer this day. Would you hear us confess, Lord, we know we've, we've made some mistakes. I know I have. But, Lord, we're not going to listen to the devil anymore. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. And we claim that promise because Satan is in this world. And, Lord, you're in us. We who are believers, you are our all in all. And Lord, we want to make a difference. And I don't know what you're saying to hearts and lives today, but I trust your Holy Spirit. I feel your power moving in this place. I feel hearts that are now under the power of the Holy Spirit and they're needing to make decisions. And God, I'm trusting that your spirit will not be quenched and that decisions will be made, whether private or public. It doesn't matter unless you tell us to do it one way or the other. And Heavenly Father, in this moment, may we who have decided to follow you make sure our family ties are those spiritual ties that bind In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of decision this morning is page 502. Open my eyes that I may see. I don't know what God's spirit, the worship has been wonderful this day. The music, the singing, the praying, and the proclamation. And now it's time for us to look at our priorities before we walk out into God's world to be his people. What is God saying to you? And may we be found faithful as we stand together.
We do want to be praying for the team that will be going to Whitley City in a very special way this week and asking God's blessing to be upon that and uh, the Lord's Cafe as I guess it's more the Lord's Cafe on Thanksgiving than any other time and it is that all the time but as they'll be serving that community one of the poorest in our nation thank you for your contributions thank you for your contributions here as Gomer Powell would say golly thank you for being such a generous loving giving church you are a blessing to this community you really are and now as we leave this place may we do so in God's peace in God's power and in God's abiding presence that we might be his people in the midst of all his people pray with me dear God thank you for this church family thank you for the love that exists in this place thank you for the generosity Thank you for the willingness to be your hands and feet in so many ways throughout this community and beyond. And Lord, thank you for our families that you've blessed us with, that you've put us in, that we have an opportunity, Lord, to grow in our faith and become stronger in our faith personally and then that will affect our family. And then that will affect our church. And then that will affect our community. And then that will just affect our state. And then, oh Lord, when we drop that spiritual rock in the pond, the ripples go as far as the east is from the west. And Lord, thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in Christ's love.